Sean, I have a question. Yes. Yes, Brian. You ever smoke weed? Yes. Did you ever go through a period in your life where you smoked a lot of weed? Yes. You have a problem with drugs? Should we call someone? No. Okay. In fact, I, I like just... weed so much that I decided I should quit that long before I quit drinking. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I I didn't drink in my 20s. I was a weed smoker. Yeah. And <laughs> I found liquor later because it was more socially acceptable. Plus, it was hard to go out when people wanted to hang out in bars and stuff. And like, you know, you are roasted. You have done five solid, like, lung-bursting <laughs> bong rips. And you're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to go now? We're going to... I. Okay, and thank God someone else was in control, and I didn't own a car because what the actual f was I doing out in public? Yeah, uh, I just I was just watching comedians in cars getting coffee, Jerry Seinfeld's deal, mm-hmm. and he was interviewing Bob Einstein, who was Funkhauser on Curb Your Enthusiasm, Super Dave, et cetera, et cetera. But he talks about a he tells a story about how somehow he got his hands on a Porsche 911 back in the day. Oof! But he decided to get really high at this party. And he he also played this Officer Bob character at one point. Right. And he's still in his full costume from this bit, driving this Porsche in his, in his cop costume. High as hell. He goes, the problem is, I was going 25 in a 55 when I got pulled over in this first. He goes, and so I'm totally stoned. Uh-huh. He gets out of the car and just just crawls to the to the ditch yep. <laughs> in the full cop uniform I'm here's like, the that's, deal that's fantastic for people who haven't smoked weed kids stay in school and don't do drugs yes, but correct there's getting high where you're like having that fun sort of yeah. giggly social high yeah. and then there's that impossibly like you know it's not it's not methadone it's you know it's not you're not like heroin high but you're so goddamn high that if you can get off the couch, you probably shouldn't get off the couch. And I only asked because we started out with some old school psychedelic Pink Floyd right there. And that's all I was really going for. But I've had a couple of those like where I've been on the phone so high that I forgot I was on the phone. Like and like you're like there are other are people in the room. You start me? talking to them and someone's like, you still there, Brian? I'm like, and again, now, again, kids, this was many, many years ago, and sure, I've learned sure. from my mistakes. So, dude, I haven't been high in so long. I'd love you didn't bring any, did you? Mm-mm. But that was my retirement plan for a long time. Like some people have 401ks or yeah. pensions. I was like, I think I'm going to get high a lot when I retire. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll be at the point where the kids won't want to visit, you know. Yeah. What's dad doing? Hey, he's, he's just high. He's, he's downstairs high cultivating his plants. <laughs> Got his sodium halide lights going. <laughs> Growing his own stuff. It'll be cool. By the time you retire, that'll probably be okay here because yeah. le- one last thing, and then we'll stop being political. We haven't even said the name of the show yet, but one last thing is when you think about the fact that there are people serving decades-long sentences in jail right now oh. for weed, and there are other states where you can just walk in and buy it anytime you want, yep. fuck off. Every single person who ever got busted on weed, unless there were other extenuating things in there that were considerably more evil, if weed is your only crime... And we've now legalized it in some states. Yeah. Let those people out of jail. Immediately. It's over. Hi, my name is Brian. I didn't really think we were going to get political right away. I Woo! thought we were just talking about getting high and having fun. My name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. It is The Brian Oak Show, episode 193, recorded right here in the Smart Start MN Studios. Hey, speaking of getting loaded, let's go ahead and start out by talking about Smart Start. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. Now, let's be very clear. As we were talking about, you know, crawling 
on hands and knees, yes, gorilla style into the ditch. It's not cool to get high and drive either, but it's also yeah. really not cool to get drunk and drive. But people do it on the regular, unfortunately. That's where Smart Start MN comes in. You drink and drive, you get busted. Even before you're found guilty, you are going to lose your license. You're going to need to get back into your car. You're going to have to get back to some semblance of a normal life. Smart Start MN can help you get there sooner and for less money than you might otherwise think. Do you think that people think that we're super aligned with the man now because of this? Feds? Yeah, the feds. You and me, totally feds. <laughs> what, a, what a cop. God, you're a cop. Um, no, I don't think so because here's the deal. We're not telling you how to live. We're not trying to take... In fact, we're trying to reinstate your rights as quickly as possible. If you're enough of an idiot to drink and drive, live free, man. Don't tread on me. I get the whole thing. Like you know, Liberty, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Drinking and driving, much like not getting your ass vaxxed, is different. That's not the same thing. The people who think that that yeah. treads on their personal liberty... There's a social contract. We all share a space, right? So if you drink and drive, it's not just a matter of you fucking up or screwing up your vehicle. You might kill someone. Yes. That's not an acceptable choice. No. Go ahead and get blasted. I've done it plenty of times. As Don't I know even you bring have. your car to the party if you're like you and I were. And back, so back in the day, it wasn't so easy. But now you're like, hmm. What if I only have like four beers? I should probably still take an Uber. What? It's like 12 bucks to get there. Exactly 12 right. bucks to get home as opposed to the 10,000 or more dollars that a DUI is going to cost you. Don't do it. But you will do it. Not you maybe, but someone you know, someone you love, and maybe even you. If that happens, call our friends at SmartStartMN. Yeah, or go to SmartStartMN.com slash The Brian Oak Show. That'll save you an additional 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. We're going to talk to someone very shortly here who is an award-winning vocalist from the Twin Cities. She is a name that people have heard many, many... What's that? She is just doing the bravo, bravo. Yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, sometimes you get to talk to people who have made music in this town for a very, very long time. And I like that on this show, right? That's cool. And she still makes music, and she's got a really cool gig coming up at Ice House, which we'll talk about shortly. Before we dive into it, though, I thought, why don't we also take care of our friend Sean Bernard before we go to my first song of the show, and you and your role as realtor with Edina Realty Minnesota, the 50th and France location. I wanted to ask you a question. I heard yes. something the other day, you know, for a while people, even though it was the perfect time to sell, people were skittish because uh, inventory was so low. There were just weren't new houses mm-hmm. to buy because people are like, well, I'm not selling because there's nothing for me to buy. So I'm not, I've heard that it's starting to regulate a little bit. Like there are more houses on the market now than there were say six months ago, a year ago. Yeah. Okay, I mean, certainly sure. it's, it's a lot more balanced than it was. The other uh, misconception is that people only move in the summer. Right. Uh, it, it does slow down a little bit in the fall. In the winter, it's actually only down 40% from the summer, which may seem like a lot, but the perception is that 90% of sales happen in the summer in Minnesota. Right. If you have kids in school, maybe, but everybody else kind of moves when they feel like they need to move and they can get the best deal. If you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. And... I donate a portion of every buy or sell to a local artist or musician. So let's just say, for example, I said, I want to sell my house. I'm going to call Sean Bernard. But Sean, I want a portion of these proceeds to go to, oh, I don't know, award-winning local vocalist Karen Paris. Would that be something you would do? Absolutely right. I'd get in touch with her, see if she's got Venmo. If not, I will hand deliver a check, as I'm doing right after this meeting, to my old friend Steve Kramer, who's a local musician who's battling cancer. Fabulous. What kind of cash are you carrying on you right now? It's uh, it's a lot of Bitcoin. I carry a lot of Bitcoin. <gasps> you so. big crypto guy? 
<laughs> is that how you say it? You, do you carry the Bitcoin? <laughs> well, not really. It's all in the blockchain. Know, it's all know, in the somewhere in, in fantasy space. None yeah. of it means anything at all. So sure, that's cool. Call or text six one two eight five nine two five nine four. If I went too fast, it's a podcast. You can back it up and just play it. My voice saying that number over and over and over again. How much Bitcoin do you own? You know, I. Uh, I don't even want to go down this road, oh, so I'll no, be very sorry, quick. But yeah, fucking, very, please, fucking, very quick. fucking words with friends, like people. Hey, let's play words with, words with friends. I'm like, sure, and I'm, whatever. And then right away, hey man, you ever thought about purchasing Bitcoin? Unbelievable. Delete. Goodbye. Yeah. Like people, like, oh. hey, just wanted to play some words with friends. Hey, but by the way, if you're looking yeah. to get into crypto, I've got a couple of yeah. So let's just move on. The internet there. is a cesspool. And I did want to talk about the fact how Facebook was down for six hours yesterday and the world lost its mind. But we have an actual guest sitting in the studio patiently a waiting real to talk. Guest. Like a human being. <laughs> Fuck Facebook. Sorry, Instagram. <laughs> All that stuff. Forget about it. Now, before we get to our guest, though, I do, throughout the month of October, I am going to play one of my favorite Halloween songs oh, every show. I love it. This is my month, right? Like, I love Halloween more than any other holiday. And you know what? Thriller, fine. I, You know, Monster Mash, Ghostbusters. Okay, they they have their place in the all-time Halloween pantheon, but I am a collector of both holiday music, which I know our guest is coming up as well, uh, but also Halloween music. I have so many, hundreds, maybe thousands of songs I want to share, so let's do this one right here. A Texas guy who is the king of Psychobilly, oh. the Reverend Horton Heat nice. and his band, and this one's called The Halloween Dance, as we get into The Brian Oak Show. Satanic verse The Halloween dance Versus good eye nurse Then you take a ride In the back 
Halloween is now just under four weeks away. Halloween is coming, Sean. I know that I get a little too enthusiastic about Halloween, but I would argue that most people don't get enthusiastic enough about Halloween. What are you going as this year? I haven't decided yet. I'm kind of one of those day of, day before guys. So a lot of years you end up going as a ghost. You cut two holes in a sheet and you throw it Never over your head. Never been a ghost in my entire life. Come on, really? Not one time. I did one year, ironically, because I yeah. my friends are very, very hardcore into Halloween. Yes. And you can't, there's no half-stepping with this group. Like We have too many creative people in my family, too. So it's very same. similar where you're not allowed to go as something you know, and if, if someone shows up like I just didn't feel like it this year, fuck you, beat it, nerd, get out. <laughs> we're we're here to get dark and get weird and have a good time. Speaking of, it is the Brian Oak Show episode one ninety three. Let's say hi to today's guest, Minnesota Female Vocalist of the Year Award recipient, and she's performed with more people than I feel like listing off here. But we will certainly talk about it as we move forward. But she's been around and making music for a very long time, and by that I do not mean to date her because she is young and fresh and talented. <laughs> Karen Paris, welcome to the Brian Oak Show and uh, and the Smart Start MN Studios. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for that uh, fine and fresh and whatever intro that, that was. You awesome. know, it's right. I mean, people <laughs> people love how you sing. You've got one of these voices that sets you apart from the pack of the. Again, I don't ever want to diminish anybody's talent or efforts or endeavors, but you don't get to be a Karen Paris without having a voice, without without having something that people revere. I mean, even your most recent endeavors with John Fields and Willie Wisely, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen if they don't have a respect and understanding, understanding of the talent you bring. So before we talk about sort of your arc, can I ask where you're from? Yeah, I grew up in Navarre, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And that's western suburbs, that's, right? Like yep, Lake that, Minnetonka adjacent? That's right. I grew up on the sunny shores of Lake Minnetonka. Lovely. Carmen's Bay. Okay. As a, as a kid, I'd bug all my neighbors by calling it Karen's Bay. Ouch. Yeah, they and they didn't, didn't like that? No. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> but see, there's a, there's a level of irreverence to you, I just think, in your general interaction that, that belies where you're from. If someone hears you grew up on the shores of Lake Minnetonka, they're going to be like, oh, western suburbs, Lake Minnetonka. What was it like growing up there for you? Magic. Yeah? Uh, it really was. I mean, the stories of, you know, four, five, six households going over four, five, six yards Playing hide and go seek mm-hmm. and sledding and skating and boating and skiing and um, yeah, it was it was pretty magical. And I had a dad that was on the LMCD, the Lake Minnetonka Conservation District, mm. and came from a, a family of thirteen farmers, um, hunters, people of the land. Of course. Uh, May so, I ask a question? Of course. Because my grandparents, both sides, had numbers close to that Catholic. Uh, Lutheran. Okay. But just very affectionate. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. I guess not a lot to do out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, about, uh, my dad, he, you know, we had this magical, uh, sur- these magical surroundings, uh, but from where he came from, there was learning about and knowing about the different weeds and plants and bugs and fish and trees. And he was just really, um, geared that way. Um, and I'd say probably unlike a lot of other people that I knew out there and especially the people I knew kind of in Wyzetta, that was a whole different, that was a whole different thing. Uh, the worst thing that we could ever do was be caught bragging. Really? Oh yeah. 
Really? Oh, I yeah. love that. I mean, that that's fantastic. Yeah. No, you know, we'd have the big family reunions at our at our house, and all the cousins would be there, and aunts and uncles, and et cetera, et cetera. And I don't, I don't really recall it ever happening, but it's one of those things that when I talk about it, I I come back to because uh, I like that about my my dad. Yeah. And, and so when people want to, you know, tell me about growing up with a silver spoon in my mouth yeah. and that sort of thing, have at it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We had a boat and a slide in the water and it, it was a, it was a, an upbringing that a lot of people that I now know didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. it. I mean, for the most part, yeah, I, I loved it. Well, no one's life is perfect. That's so, right. um, so you have you're gl- growing up in a place that you clearly love, yep. uh, a, a father that you clearly respect. I mean, a, a childhood you're very much enjoying, but at some point, music must become a significant part of your life beyond listening to the radio or beyond digging through older siblings or parents' records. At what point does music become a driving p- part of your life? Oof. Well, my mom. Um she was in the uh, Minnetonka Choral Society, so she was she was always singing at home. My grandma. And so grandma, you, I mean, you had vocal music in your life from as since you can literally yeah, remember. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my grandma and grandpa were also in uh, in theater and did some, you know, in Finnish they did Finnish plays and that mm. sort of stuff when they were growing up. Um, my dad was hundred percent tone deaf. So I can give him a lot of kudos for a lot of things. But other than probably paying for the lessons, the piano lessons and vocal lessons and all that sort of dance lessons and whatever, uh, it was really driven um, by my mom. And I think, to be honest, I feel like when I really got excited about it and interested in it was simply because my brother started taking piano lessons and he's Mm. older and anything that he did, I wanted to do and do it better. I was absolutely the annoying little sister. Um, and I think that through that, there was just a switch that went off. That that I just knew. I, it just was like a full body. The more I got into music, mm-hmm. and I did piano for years, thinking that that was going to kind of be my, my thing, mm-hmm. classical piano. Uh, and then... And obviously choir. I went to Mound West Tonka and uh, and choir. I just remember having these full body feelings like this is this is what I am. This is what I want to do. So I also grew up in the choral tradition. My wife is a choral teacher by trade for the last 30 years. I spent a lot of time around that tradition and it can be hard if you feel it right and you want to express. But I mean, a proper chorus is all about blend, right? I mean, yeah, like you have yeah. to have strength, but you have to know blend <laughs> properly. Blend is the whole bit. Did you ever find any difficulty in not singing out? You know, <laughs> like when when it was time to be part of the team, that can be different for people. I don't recall having any struggles that way because mm. most of what I did was, you know, choral oriented. Um. But then as I got older, then I started doing the solos and I started accompanying the choir on piano on on some of the pieces. Um, <clears throat> and of course, would discover that through my solos, I could sing however I wanted to. Mm. And that's also when I started deconstructing some of that um, 
classical training, you know, that teaches you to sing in a, a certain way. I mean, I think classical training is awesome. It taught me a lot about where to hold my tongue and how to keep my voice healthy and how to use my diaphragm <laughs> and all that kind of jazz. You know, yeah. um, Voice as instrument. Yes, right. But uh, it's crucial, though. I mean, without that foundational stuff, it's hard to then go on and explore. I mean, there is a real value to when people are sitting there plunking away at the piano and they're looking out at the kids playing baseball out in the field. <laughs> if, if music is what you want to do, there is a genuine value to the foundations of it, right? I mean, right. You can, of course, be self-taught and you can, of course, go anywhere you want and be avant-garde. Absolutely. But there is completely a value in the basic traditional structure of music, no matter what form you decide to pursue it in. Yeah, I think so. And like you said, it alluded to, it's not necessary. That's not the only way that a person is going to find their way through their musical journey. Some people are just gifted with ears that I don't have. I Mm -hmm. mean, they can sit down and play uh, play by ear spontaneously and i need a much more practice than that before i'm going to sit down and do something in front of people but well those uh, people are mutants though right i mean yeah. like that that doesn't yeah. happen and, and i'm not trying to denigrate them i'm just saying that that's that's a unicorn right like i mean it does happen and we we've all watched it happen and you see people you're like how do they know how to do that they can't read music they're playing the instrument upside down whatever the case may sure. be right. they just have a weird gift that most people will not have but for most people who want to try to pursue music in any sort of serious endeavor that training is important so you go through it you do choir you play piano you are following this plan what i want to talk to you about is your first endeavors professionally but before we do that i hate to get too far into the show without hearing some music can we hear some of your music sure why not all right very good so what i want you to do is tell me about this particular song oh um which is the first smoke oh well is it okay if we go with that first of course we can flip it around no of course it is it's just interesting um that i've already spoken so much about my dad yeah uh norman uh norman paris i did i love that man and this song is um about him him dying that's not really about him dying it's a few years after he passed away i was in my car and there are some songs that you write like you really just sit down and you really write a song and there are other songs that just come out and they're not picky about whether or not Mm -hmm. you're behind the wheel of your car or in a field or on a horse or wherever you are they just come and this song came to me in the car i started scribbling lyrics on the steering wheel, not on the steering wheel, but, you know, on a piece you. of paper, on the steering wheel. And then uh, ran up the stairs. The bass, the bass line was just playing in my head, and I sat down at the piano, and the song was done in less than 10 minutes. Thank you. 
not being a creator myself, um, one of my favorite, but but being very adjacent to music and loving a great deal of it, one of my favorite things to ask, and we've had so many songwriters and musicians on this show and over the course of my career in radio, one of my favorite things to ask is how does music manifest itself, right? I mean, like you're bringing something into being that has never been there before and the incredible spectrum of answers that I've gotten over the years continues to fascinate me. I don't get bored about hearing where it comes from. Was it a gift from heaven that literally fell into your head? Did you spend the last four and a half years Frankensteining it together and mm-hmm. trying to cop some amalgam thereof? Did you look at a tree and literally it all became clear like you could see it written like words on the sky or whatever? The number of answers I've gotten has been mind-bending and that one literally just fell into to your head huh yes that's fantastic yeah wow i just and again I, and i'm it certain just felt like everything that i had been dealing with uh since his passing mm-hmm. um that was just you know it was a hard road after he left and yeah. uh it it, uh, it covered you know, even now listening to it, I still get teary at it. Just it, it harkens back to a time that was pretty hard. You, know? you should know that this emotionally is a very safe space. Uh, Sean will verify the fact that I have openly wept on. <laughs> would you say, would you put the over under at 40 shows? I think that's pretty close. That's pretty fair, right? I'd, 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 say, I'd, I'd say 40 to 50. I'm not be being sarcastic. Yeah. I, I'm someone who's not afraid. I don't love it. I don't like to get weepy and teary-eyed. Uh-huh. But also, if I feel it coming, I don't ever stand in its way. Let it happen. It's got to come out because that's the whole point. Yeah. It's the point of art. It's the point of expression. It's the point of who and what we are. And oh, it's a short time. And when you think about someone who mattered to you like that, I mean, then you're only reminded just how short a time it I, is. I felt yeah. like you birthed birth to that song if that makes any sense that it was in you and you had to let everyone else in on that you know when somebody dies that you love you don't know how to feel and i and i sensed in that song just all the chaos around what am i supposed to do now Mm -hmm. you know how did i feel about this person what am i supposed to do now and there's no one answer that at all no but just uh, you you there's no holding back on that in that song in your vocals and just remarkable how you you delivered it and celebratory too i mean you know i mean you have to again speaking of a spectrum that whether it's someone's passing or you've fallen in love or whatever sort of extreme emotion you're having there's not there's not one flavor there's not one color you know it's all over the country Before we continue on with Karen Paris, uh, I do want to make sure that we mention Forgotten Star Brewing, the latest sponsor to our podcast. Forgotten Star Brewing is located in Fridley. They are in this remarkable World War II manufacturing facility. Luckily, they've updated it significantly since World War II. Uh, It's much cleaner and much nicer now. I think it's up to all state guidelines. Um, They have a lovely facility inside the two giant towers towering off the roof. In fact, that's where their name, Forgotten Star, comes from to do with all the awards that that facility received during World War II, but one of the stars isn't there. Why, you might ask. Yeah, so again, Forgotten Star Brewing. Well, if you head over to their website, ForgottenStarBrewing.com, they've got a whole page devoted to that history and everything else that's going on. They also have an event calendar, but coming up very shortly here, just over a week away, they're going to be part of the Autumn Brew Review. Yes, Oktoberfest is Mm -hmm. still happening in many places right now, but on Saturday, October uh, 16th, they're going to be on Boom Island with the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild at their Fall Beer Festival, so you can stop by, say hi to our friends from Forgotten Star 
Star Brewing. Find out what they're all about and check them out because they're very cool. We had a blast there on Oktoberfest. We had a great time and yeah. uh, they let you bring your dog along if you want to, as long as it's a friendly dog, right? Well, I, 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 I think that's sort of a given. The social contract, right? I mean, like, if you have a real mean snapper of a dog, yeah. you shouldn't bring that anywhere. No. No, right? I mean, like, <laughs> keep that in the backyard, right? Yeah. And, and try to be nicer to your dog. Then have to change the name to Forgotten Limb. Exactly. Forgotten <laughs> Fingers Brewing, right? Exactly. <laughs> Let's not do that, no. But if your dog gets along well in public, they'll let you bring it indoors and outdoors. They've got a great outdoor facility. And let's be honest, this autumn has been very, very friendly for Delightful. hanging out outdoors. It's gorgeous out there again today. Man, when I left for work this morning at 4.30 a.m., it was 54 degrees, but that's my weather. I was like, yeah. I could wear shorts and a sweatshirt. Happy medium. <sighs> Sweet autumn giving me a delicious kiss. Because we know it's going to change, right? It's going to change. But let's enjoy it while it lasts. Karen, so you do music. Um, I also know that you happen to have a love of horses. Where did you first ride a horse? Oh, boy. I'm sure it was at my godparents' place, um, Judy and Harley's place. Pretty sure the horse's name was Oki. Oh, oh, my goodness. Like you liter- hate it when people call you Oki. I don't hate it, but it's literally my lifelong nickname, and it's generally used by people who don't know me that well. Hey, Oki, what's up? Don't. Uh, you, yeah. You, you, but Oki, Oki, <laughs> Oki for your childhood horse is charming. I, I love that. I think so, too. And, yeah. and, and I, you know, I you don't like the name, but don't worry. I'm not, I'm not going to ride you. So um, <laughs> we're good. Look, hey, the podcast is young. Let's not make any promises yet, Karen, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh. Good to get that cleared yeah. up. I Oof, think. Okay, we're halfway yeah. through the show. That's fine. That's fine. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's go ahead and set some boundaries oh, now man. that we're underway. Oki was uh, he was an ornery pony, so there was a lot of lot of falling off and Ooh. kissing the dirt and getting back. I mean, you can getting, get hurt that way, can't you? Oh, I, it's a miracle. I don't have. I mean, you can break a leg. You can break an arm. A brain right. injury, huh? But yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, like, not all. I've met so many horses that friends have owned or have gone riding with, and things like that. That you know, they all seem so beautiful and majestic and kind, and you know, international velvets, that kind of thing. But then, I mean, you have to remember they are still even domesticated wild animals, and much like people, you're going to get the whole again spectrum of personality, right? Oh, yeah. So Oki was not necessarily down with being ridden around. No. No, not by, <laughs> not not by a bunch of rambunctious kids. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah. So that's I mean, so you probably, got you got bucked off. I mean, you got tossed. I don't remember him bucking. I mean, we just would throw a bridle on this on this poor guy and ride him bareback. And so if he felt like oh running, if he felt like running home as fast as he could, you Ooh. just held on to the mane as best you could and. Sometimes you made so it back, nothing. and sometimes you didn't make it Holding back. on to the mane and no saddle. Wow, crazy. So tell me about Royal. Okay, so Royal is my, my horse now. Uh, he's out in Hanover. I, I often ride out in, I should say, I shouldn't say often. If I'm if I'm honest, I haven't ridden very much this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Any particular reason? I just, I just haven't made the time for it, I think. Yeah. yeah. All right. But anyway. There he is out there living his best horse life in his in his in his field with all of his girlfriends and other horses. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He is. He is. He's he's awesome. He's a 161 saddlebred Pinto. Um, and it's 161 hands. Yeah, is that what we're talking about that's there? Right. All right. Yeah. So he's uh That's he, big. Yeah. When he first came to the barn, uh his name was Big Boy. Mm. Um which Obviously, some dude named him. Um, and then 
as years went on, uh, one of his his owners renamed him Royal after her grandfather. Okay. Uh, and I think that suits him, him much more. Right. Yeah. Is it therapeutic for you to ride? Royal? Absolutely. Yeah, and I can't wait to ride in this in this weather. I did go out a couple weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be doing this more often. And then it went back to 80, 90 degrees, and Boo. I well, don't want that for him. I don't want that for me. No. Um, so, but now that it's now that it's cooling off again, I can't wait to get out there. Do you ever ride in the winter? I I do. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when you talk about that, so le- I mean, let's talk a little bit about you're like you know you want to make time, but things get busy, life gets busy, and I think we can all relate to that clearly. You as a performing musician, you as someone who is used to performing, recording, creating. I know that we've got it a little bit in the rearview mirror now, but it's it could rear its ugly head at any time again. The last year and a half to two years has been kind of a drag, right? I mean, like the whole COVID, everything bit. Exactly, did, yeah. did it radically alter the way that you lived your day-to-day? No. Really? No. Lucky. I, I am. I know a lot of performers uh, in burlesque and otherwise who, this is how they pull in a lot of their income. Um, it's a lot of how they identify themselves and how they work in the world. Um, I have pokers and a lot of fires, you know, I have four or five jobs. I do this, Mm. I do that. I do the other thing, blah. Which by the way is even pre COVID or taking COVID out of the equation entirely. I have come to learn is a very smart way to live. Multiple (laughs) revenue streams is the way to live. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I spent, um, uh, many years at the Star Tribune, thir- thirteen, mm. I believe, um, and that was great. I mean, that was and what incredible. Did you do? What did work. you do there? I worked. Uh, I walked in the door as a temp answering phones, mm-hmm. and I walked out of the door with a couple awards under my belt for multimedia um, projects. Cool. Yeah. So um, temp, and then got hired into the newsroom as a news assistant, and did that for many years, and then. I uh, got hired into StarTribune.com, and then that's where I worked for many years. And I would do lots of video, audio, uh, some writing as well. Uh, anyway, so. Let's talk, if you don't mind, briefly before we hear another song, because, again, I hate to go too long without music, but um, we've never really had a chance to sit down and talk like this you before. Have. So. You brought up burlesque, which I have on my list here that I wanted to bring up. I think that people who have never experienced cabaret or sort of the more modern nature of burlesque, they're in their head. They're like, well, I I, I guess I don't I don't want to think for other people, but I think people miss the point on burlesque a lot of times. I think you're right. Because it is. I mean, (laughs) well, and so tell me what that means to you. If they're missing the point, what are they? Because to me, it's music. It's entertainment. It's yeah, it's a little saucy. But I mean, that's cool. I kind of like that whole bit. But then you throw in the music, you throw in the various skills that a lot of the burlesque performers bring to it. It is proper cabaret, which I think is lost on a lot of the modern audience. Yeah, I we have a really powerful community here in Minneapolis. Um, One, I'd say one of the best in the nation. Um, And I've seen a lot of burlesque around Mm. the nation, so I'm not just kind of pulling that out of my fishnets. I I mean that it's (laughs) there's just a lot of talent in this town, Um, and it's kind of morphed somewhat over the years. Um, when I first started, uh, it was to live music. 
you know, that's how I met the mm. Southside Aces and some other uh, some other musicians along the way, um, and that was really cool. And now it's a lot of uh, MP3s and people making their own music and da 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 da. Um, but when I first started being in this in this community, I heard over and over and over and over and over again, you know, strippers. And I remember back then we didn't they didn't even want to be called strippers; they want to be called burlesque performers. Mm-hmm. And now they don't care. They're like, "Yeah, I'm a stripper, and I'm proud of it." <laughs> Um, but that thought that these women are getting up there, well, and now LGBTQ, there's everybody involved, mm-hmm. but that somehow we were all getting up on stage for men's benefit. Mm. This is entertainment for men. This is geared toward men. And I'd be sitting backstage with all my queer friends and they're just like, yeah, they can give me all their dollars if they want to, but I'm not up there for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm up there for me. Um, mm up there to you know become a better performer some uh, some people make their own costumes other people have costumes made for them but the costuming here in town is incredible and there's um boylesque there's nerdlesque there's uh burlesque there's um probably other ones that i'm i'm i'm, I'm not mentioning right now we but- breezed a little too fast over nerdlesque because my ears went up when i heard that right there um only because i'm not adverse to the many forms that human expression mm-hmm. and or human sexuality take what exactly are we talking about with nerdlesque? Right. Uh, i'm glad you asked because um, some of it is beautiful classic fan dances and yeah. some of it's way more risque and kind but i mean of are we talking like, about someone dressed up as pokemon with, with yes pasties yes on? queen yvonne curves uh, cool. dress it has a mario act okay where See, the, where the coins the coins yeah. the coins come out and oh that's kind nice. of genius I actually think, I think her pasties are actually coins nerd lusk um, mm-hmm. and then uh mona montague is another pr- local performer um she does an act to a prince tune um dressed as a panda <laughs> and then proceeds to strip to not be a panda. Yeah. She also does um come on, who's the the, the garbage the garbage guy on Sesame Street? Oscar, oh, Oscar uh, the Grouch. She yeah. does basically a, a fan dance, if you will. Yeah. Where, you know, the reveal is happening behind garbage can lids. I understand. Oh See now, yeah. and, and when I laugh out loud, I laugh in joy. I'm not mocking anyone oh, in this no, scenario. I I love the fact that people. Can, I just spent the entire this past weekend at Twin Cities Con. Mm-hmm. I was down there moderating a panel, and so I got to watch. Uh, these are my people. What I love about being around, and when I, so when you said nerdlesque, when I call someone a nerd, it is not a pejorative. It is not diminutive. It is not dismissive, because I am one as well. <laughs> and so when I call someone a nerd, or when I'm happy to be at Twin Cities Con, I I like it because these people. Who have lived a relative shadow life. Not that it's not a proper life, but they're they're maybe not the most comfortable around the normal people. That's right. Right? And so they're not, but all of a sudden, they have been given a free pass to be whatever fucking sort of freak they want to be. And it's gorgeous. It's yeah. beautiful to me. I love it. And so yeah. nerdlesque, like, I mean, I, I would go watch someone do burlesque as Oscar the Grouch. I'm not sure what that says about me or Oscar the Grouch, but I'm in. Yeah. Uh, there's a show coming up um, that Sweet Pea is putting on. I think she has, I think her company is called Sovereign Teas, um, and that's going to be a Halloween marathon. Marathon. <laughs> Go on. Thong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just in case. If, if, you, if you will, since you are I will. a Halloweenophile. I am. Um. We've got that. Uh, my fiance and I. We've got that on our calendar to to try to make. Where it will to that, that be? Um, 
I tell you what, let's hear a song. You track it yeah, down. I we'll will. get the details on the far side. Because right we've already gone too long without a song. I would like to hear another song by you. And this All one's right. called Jesus Gonna Be Here. Tell me about the song before we dive in. Well, this is a Tom Waits tune. Mm-hmm. Um that is one of my signature pieces in the burlesque world. Um, back in the day, we used to perform out of the uh, old new French space. And there was a rickety old piano there. <clears throat> and I would play this tune. Jesus gonna be
Now, see, that sounds like it belongs with a powerful, fantastic burlesque set right there. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you like that kind of energy and you bring that kind of energy. You were looking up the date on the, tell me the name again. So this is called the Horror Movie Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's an important distinction, right? It and you're is. saying horror, right? Not Horror. 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 Okay. Horror. Horror. <laughs> right. Yes. And that's coming up at the poorhouse. Yep. It says, um, uh, Butch Charming put this out there, but um, the poorhouse this weekend. Okay. Uh, Sovereign Tees uh, is the company that's putting it on. Mm-hmm. And holy crap, they have Red Rum coming in. Um, I don't know Red Rum. Okay. Red Rum is a burlesque performer that... Um, I mean, clearly named after a, a very key moment in one of my favorite horror movies of all time, The Shining, when uh, Billy or Tommy, what's his name? Um, Tommy is no Mrs. Torrance. I think so. Anyway, uh-huh. yeah. the boy. Or Danny. Writes, it's Danny. Mer, Mer, oh, Danny. Yeah, Thank you very much. Danny. Danny is no Mrs. Torrance. Wow. Bad but rally. he writes in back the mur, word Ooh. murder backwards, Red Rum. So mm-hmm. she goes she goes all in on the Halloween because I love Halloween. Yeah. And I don't know if. They're she or they. Oh, I like, I'm so sorry. No, that's they, okay. I apologize. I, I just go with they now because I... Uh, that's smart. I, 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 you know what? So here's the deal. I yeah. am trying to learn. I, I know Good. I... I know that's I, the best you can do. I mm-hmm. step in it a lot, but I am trying to do better. But see, that right there, that's an important reminder. Mm-hmm. When in doubt, or don't even just go with they, because it works for everyone. <laughs> it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm getting it's there. Easy. I am getting there, Karen. Well, good. I, Not I there still, yet. I still catch myself. Yeah. Um. Like the best thing you can do is just be aware of it. I find myself when I am dining out, um, asking more and more frequently, um, who my you know my server, what's your pronouns? Mm-hmm. Um, it's good just to ask. It, you know, yeah, and it's quick and it's easy mm-hmm. and it's over like and then that. You know. No one's ever like, oh, well, of course I'm a bleh or a bleh yeah, or well, whatever. It's yeah. like, oh, thanks for asking. I'm a they. Mm-hmm. I'm a she. Exactly. I'm a Which, her, you know, and, I'm and a blah, blah, blah. It's not hard, but I do need the constant reminder. My daughter identifies, you know, as fluid, right? Mm-hmm. To say the very least. So you'd think that I'd be getting better at it by now, ah. but I'm not all the way there yet, but I am working on it. Um, hey, you yes. just dropped a little word earlier uh, that and blew right past it. Fiance, you have impending nuptials. Is that what I'm to understand? I yes. Well, congratulations. I don't like to di- I don't like to dig into Thank people's you. personal lives, but that means 
that things are moving in the right direction. When people use the word fiance, it sort of warms my heart because it means that we're moving towards something that's stronger and better than what we had before. And I like that very much. Yeah. Well, she's a kick in the pants, so I'm lucky. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Does that mean the same thing? Kick in the pants? Is the same thing, seriously, huh? I'm 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 very lucky. And she uh, she proposed on my birthday, which was in May. Oh. Yep. Yeah, on the Stone Arch Bridge, and cool. uh, it was epic. Wow. Well, and here's to the rest of your lives together being well, epic as well. All right. That's, thank you very much. I think that's fantastic. Before we finish up here with Karen, uh, we do have to thank one more sponsor, and that would be our good friends over at Palmer's Bar. Mm-hmm. Palmersbar.net. This impossibly beautiful fall weather is going to coincide with an incredible slate of music they have on the back patio, in, up to and including... This weekend, I'm going to the Boundary Waters, which is one of my favorite spots literally on planet Earth. However, it does mean that I'll be missing the next performance from Butcher's Union. Now, mm-hmm. Butcher's Union features Patty from Dillinger 4, mm-hmm. also our dear friend Billy Morissette, yes. who's been a guest on this podcast many times. Oh, and my partner in crime more times than I care to imagine. Uh, Christy Costello also in the band. Scott mm-hmm. Frisch is in the band. They are savage and wonderful and incredible live, and the thought of seeing them under autumn skies out at Palmer's fills my heart with joy. Sadly, I'll be out sawing wood somewhere in the middle of nowhere and making jet black coffee and also having the time Do of my life. Do you mean sleeping or literally sawing wood? Well, both. But Oh, man. When, you when I lay actually down, doing physical labor? How dare you? How da- I am a Boy Scout. I, I made it all the way to Life Scout. You did? Wow. Yes. Holy I did not make shit. it to Eagle. I mean, I barely made it to Life yeah. Scout, right? Star Scout was hard, but I made it to Life Scout, and then I looked at all the stuff you had to do to life, and then to get Eagle, I was yeah. like, yeah, and then I got a girlfriend I when I was 16. Eagle, I sponsored an Eagle Scout once. I was pretty amazed. That's, I actually, yeah. I loved scouting, and that's where yeah. my first love of camping came from. My dad took us camping all the time, so no. Believe it or not, when I get out there, I'll spend hours pumping water, sawing wood, preparing the site but man when you lay down to go to bed at night even if it's not the most comfortable Uh place you've ever laid down and the wind is howling through the trees or even just gently blowing and it's quiet and it's gentle and you might go two days without seeing another human being you might you might you have a pretty good chance of seeing some northern lights too i think exactly there have been a couple solar flares recently so in any event i'm sorry that i'll be missing butcher's union but there are a lot of great shows coming up palmersbar.net if you want to know more now as we move through autumn autumn for me is it never comes soon enough and it always goes by too quickly that being said if i have to choose between the howling snow and the winter, the, the the midwinter darkness and the hot, humid, 90-degree dinosaur weather, I'll take winter 10 times out of 10. I'm with you. Well, and I know that you also love the holidays and holiday music, so I'm, I'm a huge Halloween fanatic when it comes to the music, but I've been collecting holiday music, Christmas music specifically. I don't pretend to know a lot about the other midwinter holidays, but Christmas music specifically I've been collecting for a very, very long time, and I know that you're also a fan. Yeah, big time. And time. I'm, so do I'm you not, have, do you, I am not your, I am not particularly religious. I don't, I haven't been to church in many, many years. Same. Um, but this music, mm-hmm. I might as well be five or six years old holding my mom's hand in church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of these songs are classic that way. Um, that group is called Simple Gifts. We've, oh, been, yeah. do, we've been doing a holiday show uh, for, I'm going to say 20 years. Mm-hmm. I think I've been a part of it for about 14. Is Karen Vogley? She is. 
she used to be. Okay, that's probably where yep. you and I saw each other most recently. Yep, yep, yep. And Billy McLaughlin. That's right. That's... It's led by led by Billy. It's Billy and me and uh, great vocalist Amy Quartz, Laura McKenzie on bagpipes, Celtic bagpipes and mm. whistle, Billy Orline, um, and a super kick-ass bass player, Enrique Toussaint, who, when he's not mm. playing with us, plays with Paul Anka. Um, so Paul Anka, Paul Anka? Paul Anka, Paul Anka. Wow. I know, he is... I didn't know that Paul Anka was still around. Yeah, I mean, he is. no disrespect intended, yeah. but I mean, when I think Paul Anka, I think 50s and 60s. I don't think the 2010s or 2020s, actually. I mean, who knows what's going on now with the pandemic? And right. after I mentioned all of that, I did just hear from Billy within the last two weeks that all of our all of our holiday shows have been canceled. Oh, so mm. um, he other things will be happening. We'll either be running some of the. Um, live streams from last year um he actually texted me and said hey we still haven't talked since i sent out that email so give me a call so i'm sure he's going to talk to me about some ideas on what we're gonna what we're gonna do this year should we Um, just call him right now no i'm (laughs) kidding i'm joking i'm joking all right so sadly that's a bummer because i much like you i am not a man of deep faith right but i grew up that way and there's something about when it's christmas time like i like to get the tree up right away i like to get the lights up and when everyone else has gone to bed and i'm sitting there with a cup of eggnog these days non-alcoholic but sitting there with a cup of nog all the lights down except for the tree lights and i've got like the jackie gleason christmas record on or i mean you or you pick some of these I, i like the more sedate and atmospheric ones mm-hmm. like Jackie Gleason. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like it. It, it. For me, it's still you know, uh, Tori Amos has a brilliant, brilliant album called Midwinter Graces that she combines. She Almost every one of the songs is sort of a mashup of these great classics with things that she's brought to the table and to me, she sort of embodies what's great oh. about the spirit. It, it's an incredible incredible album. Well, I'm going to look that up for Please sure. do because it, it's a combination of the, the sacred and the secular and i just i feel like for a modern day christmas album if you're looking for a new modern day classic you've never listened to before i it's it's exquisite i absolutely love it so sadly no holiday concerts however that doesn't mean there are no concerts at all coming up you the are correct legendary <laughs> willie wisely is coming back to town when did you first start working with willie wisely oh dear um <laughs> it was, it's not a test you can guess no that's okay um we just he just sent me a photo recently. It's on my on my Facebook page. I'm gonna mm-hmm. take a quick look. Um, I believe the photo is dated 14 years ago. Okay. Um. So. And how did that come to pass? How do you and Willie? Want, I mean, obviously you're both prominent local musicians, but how do you end up crossing paths? I, I wish I could tell you. Okay, I then mean, you don't we, have to. We, no, no, no. It, it, we we talked about. So, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, you guys were talking about some weed smoking and whatnot. Like some, of, <laughs> some of the stuff back then, really just the hows and the whos and the wins yeah. and the wheres. No, I get it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but I would I would imagine <laughs> that it was around the time that I was in Bug with Rick Meyer and mm-hmm. John Fields and John Neifeld. And, mm. um, I'm sure Willie was just because they're such good friends, was around during that time. Um and I sang on his his uh, CD she and another one that I don't I don't remember right now. But anyway, we're coming to the Ice House on Sunday, October seventeenth, and I can't wait. It's it, it's so much of what I used to do back in the day. Back in the day, <laughs> um, 
Ah, those just were the some, days. Just some good hardcore rock and roll and, and fun. I actually broke two blood vessels in my hand last time that we played at... Um, Doing the, what? Playing the tambourine. Dang. Like a freaking wild woman. Your ta- your tambo <laughs> game is that strong. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't doubt it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, just, I mean, like, you got to know when to say when, though. I think it's listed on the credits. I okay. think it's listed Karen Paris vocals in tambo. <laughs> Her sweet, broken-handed tambo. Yeah, and my payment, uh, my Venmo payment from Willie Wisely said um, for injuries sustained in Nam because he had seen my, my poor hand after Oy. the show. Anyway. I hate that we didn't even bring it up because we do have to wrap things up. But you played in Bug. Who else did you play with back in the day when people were still going out to fun places like the 400 Bar? Holiday Ranch. Holiday Ranch was the other one. Yep, that's right. Holiday Ranch with uh, Eric Newman and Dave Russ and John Sheck and uh, uh, Eric Moen. Uh, See, I've never seen Holiday Ranch, but I remember specifically going to see Bug before. So, Oh, yeah. With the exclamation point, right? That's right. I mean, you got to have an exclamation point if you're going to call your band Mm -hmm. Bug. Also, the only nude photo I've ever ever done. I'm sorry, come again? The album cover for Bug. Daniel Corrigan uh, took uh, that, that photo and... I may have that. Back to my dad. Back I... to my dad. He was not told. He was not no, not that done with that. Well, you, you'll see it. You'll, All right. I, mean, I know. I'll trust me. I'll see it. Very tastefully done. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's of course. Awesome, it's an awesome photo. Uh, Daniel Corrigan, by the way, who we've all known forever, mm-hmm. the legendary photographer in the Twin Cities, basically chronicled the last, what, 40 years of everything that's gone down. <laughs> everything that's ever happened. Exactly. In this town, <laughs> for sure. But he literally, I think just yesterday or earlier this weekend, got himself a star on the outside of First Avenue. Good. Long time Perfect. coming. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's only about 25 years overdue. So yeah. very good. So tell me one more time before we say our farewells. Ice House, October 17th. Yes, I'm going to double check that since, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I love I love giving the wrong dates for shows. I yeah. think it's fun. Well, And, and so um, Willie Wisely will be working with, but John Fields, if I understand correctly, is also back in town now, right? So is Willie. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, so Willie's back in town town? Like he's not town just town. visiting. Right, right. He's back. Town town, here, here. Oh, well, maybe you could talk to your two <laughs> like cool Anka, friends and ask them to <laughs> come and join us on the podcast. Because Fields is one of those guys who... He's produced as many people as Corrigan has photographed, right? I mean, he's worked with literally everyone. Yeah, yeah. Both local and otherwise. That's right. He was out in L.A., as was Willie, yeah. for m- many mm. years. Uh-huh. And um, those two are really, it, separately or together, having them in the studio. Yes, it, it is Sunday, October 17th. Very good. Ice House, Willie Wisely. Um, and, I, but Karen I, Karen, and Karen Parr. <laughs> Karen Paris. Karen Paris. Karen Paris. Say it a little louder. <laughs> exactly. Bar, Barb on no, that. Barb, Karen Paris. Yes. Barb, don't make me say your last name. On bass and uh, Pete, Peter, Pete Anderson on uh, Not Barb drums. Br- Barb Brinstead. That's right. Really, oh, she was right. just a guest on our show. Yeah, she's been on a couple. She's times. awesome and a freaking amazing guitar player. The guitar player for the suburbs, Steve Beal, is also in the band. Did I say his name right? I kind of Steve. Steve Price. B. B. B as in boy. Okay, I believe you. Don't don't uh, don't ask me. I just we'll show just up. chop I it up. Show <laughs> no, and you sing when they point at you. That's right. Sing, lady. I yes. Okay. <laughs> Break a blood vessel in your hand. Do it now. Hit that tambo like it mattered to you. I seriously am trying to figure out how to wrap my hand for this for this next show. So. Just need to get like some sort of like a Rocky Boxers. Balboa yeah. type uh, pad in there and just yeah, and some moleskin maybe exactly yeah, moleskin. Yeah. Oh man! Speaking of rage, camping back rage. in the hiking days when you get the blister. 
moleskin. Oh, I used to be like, this is so soft. Is there some way to cover my whole body in it? And that's how we I got probably in. wrap up the show. That's how I got into the, f- the furry movement. Uh, <laughs> that's why I was at Twin Cities. Con. Hey, have a great time camping, and thank you so yes. much for having me on the show. Thank you for being here, Karen. Thank you Congrats for being here. Congrats on your upcoming nut- nuptials. Thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's exciting. It's, it is. It's good to still feel good about your relationship. Right, Sean? It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I hope you do. I do. Oh, who doesn't? Uh, I am Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. Thanks to all of our sponsors. We got a brand new Patreon member today. We still oh. get Patreon members throwing a few bucks at us every month. Planning now, an event, too. That means that we're going to have an event coming up yes. either late October or sometime in November. I'm thinking it might be November to celebrate our two years of having a podcast. Holy crap. Have we been doing this for two years? Two years. I suppose 193 episodes. That makes sense. But dang. And the world is a better place because of it. Very kind of you to say that, Karen. Very kind. Patreon members, (laughs) you will be getting invites first and foremost. Um, you can always be a Patreon member, patreon.com slash Brian Oak show, all one word. If you want to find out more, we do still have tote bags for those who have not yet claimed them. We do. We should give. Our good friend here, a tote. Karen's like, please don't make me walk out of here with this. She'll be embarrassed. No, my fiance, when she hears this, will say, please, God, don't give her another tote. Because when we go camping, yeah. I, I, I need. I, it's all look, tote bags. What is in that tote? <laughs> well, that has, of course, has the extra shoes and the charging cables. Right? Yes, that's that. Well, tote. What's in that tote? Right. Well, those are the the last five things that I forgot. So it's a hat and gloves. Uh huh. And, uh, and phase 10 and Q-tips. <laughs> okay, so for sure, she's getting a Give tote, a tote. on the way out. Oh, you're absolutely getting a tote. Thank you, Karen, and good luck with everything. All right, thank you very much for coming by. That's going to do it for episode 193 of The Brian Oak Show. But before we can actually fully say goodbye, you do get to pick the ending song by none other than Willie Wisely. Why'd you go with this one? Because it's awesome, and uh, it's one of those studio times that I can remember singing with him and really just giving it my all just kind of you'll hear it's just a I'm sorry to keep saying kick in the pants I got to get some new material (laughs) well let's be honest there is nothing else quite like a kick in the pants so if that's what it feels like I think that's pretty appropriate this is a good kick in your in, in your music pants
It's not to be so vanquished.